March 7th, 1965, a group of more than 600 people set out from Selma, Alabama, bound for the state capitol in Montgomery. They were marching for voting rights, part of the nonviolent movement that was happening nationwide. John Lewis was there, leading the way. We're marching today to dramatize to the nation, dramatize to the world, that hundreds and thousands of Negro citizens of Alabama, but particularly here in the Blackbelt area, denied the right to vote. We intend to march to Montgomery to present certain grievances to Governor Joyce C. Wallace. The marchers crossed the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, only to be stopped by state troopers. This is an unlawful assembly. You are to disperse. You are ordered to disperse, go home, or go to your church. This march will not continue. The troopers attacked with nightsticks and tear gas. John Lewis and more than 80 others were injured. Television reports of the violence shocked the nation and put pressure on President Lyndon Johnson to act. It is wrong to do violence to peaceful citizens in the streets of their town. It is wrong to deny Americans the right to vote. It is wrong to deny any person full equality because of the color of his skin. The promise of America is a simple promise. Every person shall share in the blessings of this land, and they shall share on the basis of their merits as a person. They shall not be judged by their color or by their beliefs or by their religion or by where they were born or the neighborhood in which they live. Coming up, calls with Alabama Governor George Wallace, FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover, and Attorney General Nicholas Katzenbach as President Johnson responds to Bloody Sunday. We begin on March 8th, 1965. President Johnson talked about what happened in Selma with Attorney General Nicholas Katzenbach. Was it the sheriff or the state troopers that uh, stopped the march? The state troopers stopped it, uh, Mr. President, but most of the uh, uh, most of the uh, brutality was done by the uh, uh, sheriff's deputies. They were the fellows on horses. I saw that King said he was going into court this morning to do something. If he, if he did, he might stop. Might be an alternative to his going tomorrow. But uh, you mean yeah. to his marching tomorrow? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he went into court. It might put that off. It'd be a good idea. What would the three judges? Uh, Join the sheriff doing. Well, they would enjoin the sheriff from interfering with uh, uh, the uh, voting as he has been, and uh, would order him to permit uh, Negroes to uh, to uh, proceed to the courthouse and to uh, in summer there and to uh, march in an orderly way. And also, I would require them to give them protection if they did so. And I won't touch Colonel Lingo and the and the uh, Highway Patrol State Troopers. And the 
been right in there, but it would prevent Sheriff Clark from doing what happened yesterday because they were the Negroes, uh, and when they started going back into town, that was when he started beating up on them. They weren't injured then just when the state troopers stopped them? No, no. <coughs> state troopers used the gas uh, at the outset, and somebody apparently got to the tear gas burned. Uh, the, uh, the injuries were, by and large, when they panicked uh, and started running back into town. And then these uh, deputies chased them on horses. And that was when, uh, although I don't know that anybody was seriously hurt, I was trying to get information from the hospitals last night at the bureau to get it. had a bureau agent hurt. What happened to him? He got beat up by two of them. Took his camera away. They got a lot of pictures. And we ought to be able to. They made two arrests. We ought to be able to make some more. I didn't give the arrests any publicity last night because two were arrested with them. One beat up the FBI agent. That didn't look right to me. From public viewpoint, you know. I think it was built up, beat up. And, uh, there were people we arrested, people who beat up the FBI agent. The reason was he could make the identification. But there ought to be some more arrests for that. And that ought to help the situation. These policemen that were arrested? No. Who were they? Two bystanders, white bystanders. And they beat up the white yeah. One of them may have been a, may have been a deputy, Mr. President. I'm not sure. They saw the FBI agent taking pictures, you see. Moved over to beat him up. How many FBI men do you have? About 20. <coughs> Did we take every precaution we could have or should have? I think so, Mr. President. We had a uh, large number there. Uh, yesterday morning, I heard they were going to use tear gas. We told the Negro leaders that. I spoke to Senator Hill whether there was anything could be done. He could think of anything could be done with uh, Senator with, uh, Governor Wallace and state troopers. He said he uh, couldn't think of much. He did help me uh, yesterday morning. Wilson Baker, who's been the Commissioner of Public Safety there at Selma, was going to resign in disgust. The mayor had interfered with his making some arrests of some white rowdies the day before, and the senator was helpful. The senator, among others, was helpful in making him change his mind, which that would have been serious. Uh, had that been done, we had a large number of agents there. We had I had lawyers there on the scene, and uh, I don't uh, I don't know there's much else the federal government can do in those circumstances. You know, short of taking the situation over, I mean, the army is. Well, I see they're calling for that. Well, they sure they always have. I just, if there's a way of communicating with George Wallace, if he'd be sensible, that would be what would make a difference. There's no reason why uh, that I can see why circumstances, terms, and conditions of these people marching couldn't be worked out. They were permitted to march part of the way, you know? Just something. Troopers could protect them on that. 
I guess Wallace is determined not to, but I don't know what he's heading for. Do you know Wallace very well? Hardly at all, Mr. President. The trouble is that I don't know any, anybody uh, who really does. Who really does. What do the senators say? The senators say they can't get to Wallace at all. The congressman? I haven't gone through the congressman, Mr. President. That delegation seems so changed. Back, I don't uh, really know him. You know, they're mostly Republicans there. I will, uh, I will this morning call uh, our U.S. attorney in Birmingham, Macon Weaver. Uh, he may have some ideas on who can talk with Wallace about this. I'll give him a ring. He's quite, used to be quite active politically down there. Doesn't have to be mighty quiet. But Buford Ellington is a, is a man of extremely good judgment. And he was born in Mississippi, raised there, and then identified with the rural elements of, the, of Tennessee, and became Ag Coast Commissioner, and then legislator, and then Ag Coast Commissioner, and Governor. Yes, um, not much. He's in the hospital right now. 
Right on the head yet. We have a little. I think I, I, I think King, the way I, I wouldn't try it directly with Lewis. Uh, I'd try to work with King through. Through King to Lewis. Does Lewis kind of work under the guidance King? Lewis would take King's uh, recommendation or something like this. What should we say over here in response to queries? Refer him to justice. I think you should refer them to justice and uh, and uh, let us handle it. We may have things coming. We may have further arrests. Who is your top press man? Rosenthal. What's his given name? Jack. Jack. What's his background? He's a uh, came from the Portland Oregonian. Uh, he's a reporter out there. He's a young fellow. He's about thirty. He's editor of the Harvard Crimson. Went back home to Portland. Do you, you bring him in, or was he in the office uh, uh, when you came in? He came, uh, he was uh, He was in when I came. Uh, so he's had a good deal of experience. He's had a good deal of experience, yeah. Good. <laughs> good deal of Yeah, it looks like it. Looks like he handles his stuff going well. Okay, Nick, you don't think of anything else I need to know? No, I was going to give you a call about this, Mr. President, but I can't think of any good to tell you. Well, I don't need to think. Uh, just, just call me and tell me when you need to. But be sure you be sure that you endure and Ramsey and all your people uh, make it to top uh, billing and uh, and yeah. keep it to keep right on top of it. And we do anything that we need to do. Right. Okay. I'll be, uh, I'll be with it all day. President Johnson and Attorney General Nicholas Katzenbach on March eighth, nineteen sixty five. Later that day, the president talked to former Tennessee Governor Buford Ellington. He was the president's director of the Office of Emergency Planning and the Johnson administration's liaison with Governor Wallace. We got a little problem, the biggest problem we have uh, uh, in the uh, Alabama situation is communicating with George Wallace. Uh, he apparently has his own very uh, strongly held uh, positive uh, views on just how this thing ought to be handled. And uh, the sheriff is a pretty uh, uh, rough uh, in his uh, operations. And um, they're going to have another march tomorrow. And as we see it, it's going to go from bad to worse. We don't know what program he has to eliminate it. Um, we don't know really, uh, don't have the answers here. Uh, we have some ideas. And we, uh, it would uh, improve the situation a good deal if... Uh, if we could uh, speak freely with him and uh, with confidence in each other. But we have nobody to do that. Do you think that you uh, have that much standing with him? Mr. President, I talked with George, I guess, 10 minutes Friday about the Appalachian Bill. I called him about the Appalachian Bill, and we got off into various conversations and talked. He was most friendly and wanted me to tell you, other than for a free textbook bill, that he had coming up in the Senate tomorrow, he would definitely be here for the signing of the bill. My relationship with George has been very good, but you can't trust him. You talk to him, you don't know what he's going to say that you said and all of these things. But I can talk to him anytime. 
But it is an element of danger there in talking with Joey. You think he believes you? Uh, he'll trust me, yes, sir. I think what I'd do then is to call the Attorney General and go over and sit down with him when it's convenient for him today. And uh, his feeling is that, uh, uh, well, he can go over it all with you better than I can, but uh, I would explore it cautiously and carefully and not get into, not dash into anything, uh, just uh, uh, without thinking it through pretty, pretty well. But... Uh, it seems to me that uh, that uh, you, this might be a possible approach that you could say, Governor, uh, uh, we are very concerned with what happens, as you know, and they want us to send troops in. And they say if we can send them into Vietnam, we can send them in to protect Americans that have been, uh, hundred of them being beat up here. And, uh, of course, uh, we... You know how our feeling about sending troops is. We've shown that. We're not very anxious to get in that business. But uh, the, the three judges down there that might give an injunction today to uh, stop the sheriff from uh, interfering with the, the registration. He won't let them get up to register. And then uh, he... Uh, uh, it's pretty brutal with them. Uh, I know the whole background, and I, I know the whole situation. And as I say, George and I have been in contact along, and I can talk to him on a friendly basis, but he's the kind of president, uh, kind of man, Mr. President, that I'd like to have somebody sitting with me because... Yeah, that's right. Well, you could talk to do it with the Attorney General. I'd just... Uh, I'd turn... I'd take uh, my conversation with him. Uh, so, uh, that's right. They'll... Um, Attorney General arrange that, but then you might, uh, I think if he let them march a little bit, I don't think you'd have to march the 50 miles down the highway, but if they had any parallel uh, roads that they could march on, or or, um, uh, or some things that way, or by planning, or arranging, or agreeing some way where it didn't affect uh, 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 traffic and, and didn't endanger lives. John Doerr is down there. He's a pretty level-headed fella. We had uh, 20 or 30 full of FBI men there yesterday. One of them got beat up pretty bad. And uh, uh, he, uh, uh, I believe, by one of the state troopers and one of the uh, private citizens. And uh, uh, things of that kind. But I rather think, I don't know, but my guess is there might be three or four things that uh, could explore with the, with the Attorney General. One of them would be uh, permitting them to uh, uh, march a part of the way, or two would be uh, seeing if they couldn't get some local citizens to sit down and talk to them where they could, uh, uh, where they could exchange views uh, uh, short of uh, clubs uh, where they could maybe try to talk and see if they couldn't get some kind of agreement that uh, they'd carry out the court order and local citizens would uh, would uh, talk to them about it as they did in uh, Florida and as they have in other places. Part, part, partial march maybe and exchange views and uh, 
uh, other things, whatever other alternatives there might be, maybe a couple more. Attorney General Goldman, and if any of them appeal to you as offering any uh, uh, practical hope, you might call Wallace and just say, now, uh, I won't talk to you about this thing. I'm here because I, uh, I come from uh, uh, Tennessee and I know the situation. Uh, uh, some of them have talked to me about it and they've asked my advice. I won't give them advice. I, I don't want to be giving you advice, but before I do, uh, before I talk to the Attorney General and others, I'd like to explore some things I've thought of and see, George, what you think about it and see if there is any uh, uh, way that uh, we might find a solution that would be acceptable to the uh, local and state authorities and that uh, might stop some of this stuff or that we might be able to work with. And uh, it's awfully important to not get out until we talk the other side, too. And we don't have any control over either side. But we sure don't want to get in a position where we have to send in troops, make it worse. And I just thought I'd uh, exchange views with you, something like that, without getting, uh, without him thinking we're trying to run his business at all. But we're trying to, we're trying to help him because that's what we're trying to do. So I will... Uh, if you don't mind, you call the Attorney General Secretary and tell her that uh, where you are and that if the Attorney General and the President's talk to you and if the Attorney General is free to see you any time today, that you'll be you'll come to see him. President, definitely do it. Okay. Thank you. President Johnson and former Tennessee Governor Buford Ellington on March 8, 1965. Eight days after Bloody Sunday, the President went before Congress and the nation. In our time, we have come to live with the moments of great crisis. Our lives have been marked with debate about great issues, issues of war and peace, issues of prosperity and depression. But rarely in any time does an issue lay bare the secret heart of America itself. Rarely are we met with a challenge not to our growth, our abundance, or our welfare, or our security, but rather to the values and the purposes and the meaning of our beloved nation. The issue of equal rights for American Negroes is such an issue. And should we defeat every enemy and should we double our wealth and conquer the stars and still be unequal to this issue, then we will have failed as a people and as a nation. For with a country as with a person, what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Negro problem. There is no Southern problem. There is no Northern problem. There is only an American problem. 
And we are met here tonight as Americans, not as Democrats or Republicans. We are met here as Americans to solve that problem. He also called for the passage of a new voting rights bill, using the language of the civil rights movement itself. But even if we pass this bill, the battle will not be over. What happened in Selma is part of a far larger movement which reaches into every section and state of America. It is the effort of American Negroes to secure for themselves the full blessings of American life. Their cause must be our cause too. Because it's not just Negroes But really, it's all of us who must overcome the crippling legacy of bigotry and injustice. And we shall overcome. Three days later, the president talked to Alabama Governor George Wallace about the possibility of another protest planned for Selma. Governor? Yes, sir. Glad to hear you. Well, I'm glad to hear, hear you. Uh, Governor Ellington said that you were standing by and that I could call you. Yes, sir. I'm always standing by, and you always call me anytime you want to. Well, thank you very much. I wanted to, Mr. President, I want to give you a, just a brief rundown of how busy you are. Uh, the court, as you know, has ordered this march, and uh, of course it's an unlimited march. And, uh, you know, we have very limited uh, amounts of state uh, policemen, and they're off the roads, and we've had drunken drivers running into people and killing them the last eight weeks as a result of not having adequate protection on the highways, and these people are pouring in from all over the country. The hotels are, all the cities are full, and the motels, some of the motels going up double on the price, you know, so we've got plenty, of, and they're flying in nuns and priests, and got the hundreds of bearded beatniks in front of my capital now. And the point I'm making is that uh, we're going to do the best we can, but we hope that you might uh, use your influence to at least uh, make them have an orderly march. And, uh, because uh, I, I, I don't know, uh, it looks like the group coming here with the language they're using. They made a speech on the streets of our city two days ago, and the James Foreman uh, suggested in front of all the nuns and priests that if they, anybody went in the cafe and they wouldn't serve them, they'd kick the legs of the tables off. They're all uh, uh, making that kind of uh, intemperate remarks and inflames people, you know, but I'm going to, I'm asking people to, I'm going to ask them to stay away from this highway, to uh, use your superior discipline, and uh, I'm going to do, do everything that I can, but now, all I... I want to say quite frankly is that they've been stirred up uh, by a lot of things, and of course, uh, I, don't, I know you don't want anything to happen that looks like a revolution, but if these people keep pouring in here uh, and conducted themselves in the manner they are, why, it's going to take you, <laughs> it's going to take everybody in the country to stop something, and uh, I mean, and they're also pouring in from other parts of the country, I reckon, on both sides. Well, uh, uh, uh Governor, uh, I, uh, the court has, uh, acted now, and, uh, uh, obviously the longer the march is postponed, the greater the presence, and the longer the people on the outside are going to stay in Alabama, and the more problem, uh, you're going to have, and the more problem I'm going to have, and the more problem the country is going to have, 
And uh, uh, I think that uh, uh, I think that, uh, that your uh, concern is uh, justified. And uh, if uh, uh, if uh, uh, you can do anything to get that request for a stay uh, out of the way uh, so we don't have to uh, sit here and wait days and days and days uh, for that to be acted on while this stuff builds up and uh, uh, blows the cork out, why, it would be good. And if uh, if you'd call up uh, your own guard, uh, they, their conduct has been very good. Uh, uh, if, you're, if you say you're... Uh, your patrolman got to go on back uh, to watch the highways. Uh, you call up your own guard and into the service of the state, and I would ask uh, our best people to uh, cooperate, our Defense Department, to provide uh, a group of uh, counselors, advisors, to work with them. And uh, I would, uh, if you uh, wanted me to, uh, work with you and assure you that proper contingencies of of uh, men uh, uh, would be uh, stationed at Craig and Maxwell in the event that uh, the unlikely event they were needed and if uh, the situation were to deteriorate uh, we can't always anticipate uh, uh, maybe we'd have to uh, federalize them but uh, uh, put them under a single command and the troops in Craig, uh, at Craig and Maxwell could be called in uh, I would be glad to uh, to take those steps uh, if uh, uh, you felt that uh, uh, the orderly uh, uh, needs of uh, of uh, the situation there uh, justified it and required it, and maybe by all of us uh, saying to them, uh, let's. Uh, Let's have the march. Let's get it over as soon as we can. Let's everybody stay at home at will, and let's don't. Uh, when you talk about a revolution, that uh, that really uh, well, that I, really upsets us all, and we don't want to. Yeah, I know you don't, and I know I don't, and we just got to work together best we can to uh, to see that we discharge our duties, uh, and I'm willing to do it if uh, if this has me if this uh, if this is what you want. Well, let me say this, Mr. President, when I say revolution, uh, because I think... Well, I know, I, I know what you mean. That's, that's, uh, I understand that. I, we have some revolutionaries down Well, I know that. I understand that. But, uh, and of course, if I was a revolutionary, I probably could invite a quarter of a million people to come help us, but of course, I don't want anything like that at all. I, I know. I to get hurt. But the reason I don't want to be in the position of the enemy is that I'm asking for federal troops or anything of that sort. Uh, I just uh, hope that, uh, of course, this state was asked for the purpose that uh, I just don't see uh, action of this. Uh, of course, we know the Justice Department's in contact with the court down here. But what we want to know is this. If after this march is over and we strain ourselves and beg our people and we don't have any trouble, uh, of course, we've got some in their ranks that we have ministers down here that uh, walk up and scratch the patrolman on the hands, you know, and uh, we, they, they turn it around. And they go preach yesterday, ask all the patrolmen what their wives were doing. Uh, uh, we reckon some of their friends could have dates with their wives, you know, trying to provoke them, those kind of things, you know. And uh, we're telling them just take all that stuff, don't pay any attention. But uh, what we want to know, what after the march is over? Now, I've asked for 10 extra to registrate, given all these boards 10 extra days to register. 
got my free textbook passed yesterday in the Senate for the uh, for the Negroes, more Negroes and whites, of course, will be involved in that. It'll help them more. And what about the next day after the march is over? These 50,000 people, uh, how many uh, jams in this place going to be here the next day and the next day and the next day? They're going to bankrupt our state, and we don't have the money uh, to, uh, of course, if they want to take these revolutionaries, as I call them, the federal government take a state over. Of course, they uh, will probably precipitate a condition that will maybe sometime require that, unless we can use a good influence of your office to say you've made your march. Now let's uh, let's don't keep marching. That's what I'm worried about. What after the march, Mr. President? All uh, I guess no one can really prophesy what. Uh, uh, any group will do. I sure don't know. I wish I knew. I had the feeling that uh, uh, from what uh, Governor Ellington and the Attorney General had said, and they were both very understanding of the situation and of your problem and our problem, that uh, I might issue a statement later today saying that uh, 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 I ask people uh, to uh, not uh, go into the state and that we, we're we going to uh, jointly uh, try to protect uh, uh, the march in accordance with the order of the court, but that uh, the more problem they give us, the more people, the greater uh, trouble is. Uh, I would hope that... Uh, uh, if your men, uh, your highway people, have to go back, as you suggest, that uh, I think it'd be better if uh, if you called up the guard in the service of the state, and I just uh, uh, approved it and uh, and gave uh, some advisors with them rather than our uh, uh, doing it, and then I would just uh, uh, have available uh, as we have had. Uh, uh, proper contingencies are there in case, uh, in the un unlikely event that uh, uh, the uh, police and uh, the guard and uh, uh, our appeals uh, uh, were not sufficient. And if the situation deteriorated, uh, then I, I would have to give some thought to federalizing the guard and putting it under single command uh, with the Craig and Maxwell people. But I would, I would start out, if I could, trying to say to them that we want to get the order carried out as promptly as we can. I thought your statement on the election thing was good. I thought on the voting thing was good. I, I thought that uh, the, 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 the whole appearance uh, the other day was uh, 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 helpful. And uh, the ticker today carries stories. I haven't seen the paper, but about your education the statement uh, to the educators. And uh, that's, uh, that's going to have its effect, and good effect. But uh, we're confronted with a fact and not a theory, and we can't wait till it's too late. And if your guard, if your if your troop, uh, if your uh, highway patrolmen are going back to the highways to take care of the drunken drivers and uh, uh, things like that, uh, and you've got this uh, group of uh, uh, that's coming, and uh, the highways are moving, and the tourist courts filling up, I would, uh, if you if you uh, 
If you call call up your guard, I'll put the best people we've got to work right with them, and our people here applaud the conduct of the guard the last time uh, yeah, well, we had them. They think you're all right, and we'll just uh, we'll have a uh, sitting back alerted, uh, ready for whatever help you need these others, and uh, uh, I think I just say that, and I think I just ought to say it. I'm asking people in the country not to... Not to uh, let this thing get out of hand, and we don't need any more marching down there. they got enough to march. Well, I think that would be excellent, and here's what I'll do. I will, we're going to keep close touch with the situation. Wait a minute. Let me put the Attorney General on, so if he's got any question here, he can ask you. He's on line one. I'm going to leave here in a little bit, uh, trying to go down Texas. Mash number one, 90, Nick. 9 on the top one. Turn General? Yes, yes. Oh, Governor. Governor, can you hear him? Yes, sir, I can hear him. Go ahead, Governor. Let me, uh, thank you, Mr. President. Let, let me I, I'm on, too. I, I'll just stay here. I just wanted him to hear what the uh, program was, because I'm getting... But what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to keep close touch with the situation, and I'm going to do whatever well, we consider necessary to maintain law and order. In other words, uh, we're going to use the patrolmen we have uh, available and uh, all the other forces, and we will do take any other step. We need them if it were necessary. We call the guard. If we thought that's necessary, we've got them alerted because we are wanting to protect the marchers and other folks too. But uh, I, I just wanted to tell you that I appreciate the fact that you made make an appeal that there's enough people in the state to march without other folks coming in. Well, I I would uh, I would seriously consider doing that. I don't want to go wait now. If you if you send your folks back, as Governor Ellington indicated, that you're going to have to have some of them return to the well, work they're doing. I don't want that to get out of hand where I'll be called on and uh, and I'll have to go uh, uh, have to take action. I want I want you to take the action if you will take it with your guard, so so the governor of the state can do it, and we'll. Supplement it and support you. Well, what I mean is, Mr. President, I'm not going to call, take them away, but I'm just saying that if this matter continues on and on and on, we've got to send our, we, we've got to have these people in other parts of the state after the march, so we can handle through the march. Uh, but uh, then after the march, if they're going to just stay in this state eight, eight weeks and congregate 50,000 strong a day, then uh, we're going to have a revolution. Uh, well, I don't mean that uh, you say you use the word revolution. We're just going to have some trouble and we'll have to have help. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it's hard to control people. The pickets nine Selma are picketing private residences. Uh, Thirty of them went to the mayor's home, marching around his house, around on his own private property. Well, don't you think we ought to act before it gets uh, beyond where we can? Well, it's not, uh, it's not in any such condition as that now. Uh, it's I thought you felt like it. We ought to, uh, we ought to have uh, some uh, uh, guard called up. Well, what I'm, I've got the guard alerted, and uh, let, let's see about when the march takes place. We, we are not worried about the march itself so much. We're going to be able to handle that. But if they are there the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day, that, that's what we're concerned with more than anything else. It'll be hard to keep our patrolmen away another two or three or four weeks. Uh, uh, and so we're, we're, I don't mean to indicate to you at all that we can't handle the situation, but uh, if they stay on and on and on, that's when it might get unmanageable. Governor... Uh... Isn't it in the cats and back, Governor? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, I think that uh, 
of course, whether they stay on and on and on and uh, what happens. Well, they're going to stay there until they take action, Governor. That's what they're going to do. Uh, well, you mean uh, action on the border business? I think if that march goes well and goes uh, smoothly and they are protected and there's no incidents, uh, uh, that's the... Uh, the best uh, chance of they're not staying on and on. Well, let me say this, that we're going to, I'm going on statewide television tonight and tell people that I told them in Tuscaloosa that if you want to stand with me, I'm asking you to stay away and to use your restraint. And uh, I believe that the people are going to listen to me because the people are for me in this state and uh, so far they've done what I've asked them to do. And we, are, we, we can, uh, in my judgment, we're not going to have any trouble on the march. And if you say that will help us keep them staying on and on, that's, that's what we're going to do. Well, you do want to say anything? Just, just the appeal that uh, there's no need for everybody going to Alabama is what I'm trying. We like tourists, but uh, we're overflowing with tourists right Doesn't now. Uh, well, I think, George, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. I think this, uh, from our conversation this morning and so forth, I think the wisest move you can make is to put your men back out on the highways and call you God. I'll say it in all frankness, because then when they get there, the disbursement of these people is going to be a problem. Yeah. And that way, I think we get it all over with at once. Yes. And I think it'll work out better. Well, I consider that. I, I tell you this, that uh, we've got them alerted. I'm going to do what's necessary, and we may do that. Uh, uh, but I do say we can handle it right now. I think if they know you're going to call out to God, then this wild element is not going to come to Alabama in, in the droves that they're going to come under the conditions you're in. Yes. That's the thing that I'm afraid of. I'm not afraid of the good people on either side. Well, of course, I hate to call out the guard. You all federalize this time I call them out. Uh, I mean, I'm not worried about that. You can take my word. I'm not worried about that. Yes. And I'm standing in front of all these people while we talk. Yes. Uh, well, as long as we keep our heads together and cooperate to find a solution. Well, I hope that you all are really convinced that I don't want anything to happen. Uh, I am. I can tell you that, and I feel like I can speak for all the rest of these men. Well, I, I appreciate you all talking to men. Just remember this. We are surveying, and we're going to take what action necessary to protect. Now, let me say this, when we say protect, it's uh, almost impossible to guarantee that somebody, one person ain't going to get hit with a rock. You know, the president of our nation was slain with all the protection he had over in, in uh, Texas, and uh, just sometimes can't guarantee that nobody's going to get uh, hit with a rock or something, because if they can't protect uh, our president uh, from being brutally slain, why it's sometimes hard to keep somebody from getting hit with a rock. Governor, that's your right. We know that. Of course, we got to, uh, if we we could have anticipated or had any idea something like this might have happened, well, we, we might have had a guard out. We got to, we know we got trouble ahead here. We can see it coming, and uh, uh, I sure want to, uh, I sure want to uh, express the hope that whatever facilities you have, that we, we not act to, uh, not act too, too late, and uh, uh, we're we're not going to uh, nationalize that guard unless the situation becomes uh, such that we we think that uh, uh, law and order require it and it deteriorates. And we we think the way to do it was the way Buford suggested to, to me that uh, uh, let's try to get this. Uh, uh, 
this uh, stay out of the way and let the march start before people can get there from uh, these other states. And uh, uh, you call up your guard, let them know that you're going to do it. And uh, 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 we'll applaud the conduct of your guard the last time it was used. And uh, uh, we'll have people available, alerted, uh, if, you, if you don't have enough. And then that way, I think we've taken every precaution. And uh, uh, we wouldn't uh, federalize any guard unless it just got to the point where that was all that was left. Uh, But we we won't take this through you uh, as uh, before it gets all out of proportion. Now, you're on the scene. You can see it better than we can. And if you have a different viewpoint and you think that you got it in hand, well... George, are you by yourself? Uh, Yes. No, sir. I have... uh, Mr. Tramlin, Mr. That's all right. I'm not worried about them. Uh, here's my thinking in it. I haven't even discussed this with the president, but here's what I've had in the back of my mind all the time. This uh, radical element is uh, uh, lingo, and some of the boys are branded. You know that. Yes. And I think completely removing them from the scene back on their duties of patrolling, bringing in new faces under new conditions, I think it's the only way we're going to solve this thing. There's a lot of people who at the head of the thing going to do their office work, and uh, we're going to have uh, other, we're going to have the general out front, we're going to have the corporate sergeants out front. I think that's a good way to express that. Yeah. See, I I think very strong, the most strength you show right here in this this time uh, depends on the quickest solution of this thing is. Of course, what you want, what we want is to get them out of there. I'll show strength in the boys protecting the people on the march. Uh, if, but I would like for you all to help me uh, after they've made that point. Now, you say they're going to stay here for the problem solved, but uh, if everything that they're asking for, <laughs> they'll be here from now on because the people of the state are not going to well, I don't think you, I don't think you get what we mean there. Uh, I, I think the fact is that once it's, the march is over and is successful under the guard sponsorship, then they would move on. Yeah, well, now that's, 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 that's all right. Uh, that sounds good. I don't think by that, uh, Governor's and the cats back get it. It means that the whole thing is over. But this, this march, you build up to a heck of a lot of people on this march. Yeah. If that goes over and uh, nothing happens and there's no incidents, then I think it, most of those people are going to go. Now, you may still have problems here and there, and you may still have You don't need to talk to me anymore. I've got that nomination been received. Uh, Governor, I want to do whatever I can to be uh, helpful and to uh, get this thing as peaceful as I can. I thought Governor Ellington and you all had kind of had a, uh, a meeting of the minds on it. Now, if you've uh, if you got any suggestion, what do you want to do? Look at it again and then... Uh, uh, We'll, we'll have a meeting of the mind, Mr. President. Uh, the meeting of the mind is that we'll do whatever is necessary because I'm just as concerned as you are about nothing happening, and I'll do whatever it takes. If it takes uh, 10,000 guardsmen, we'll have them. I'll use do whatever's necessary, and I won't uh, wait too late. Of course, you know... That's okay. That's good. And uh, you'll be back. you keep in touch with Buford, and I'll be flying away and... And a uh, uh, little later in the afternoon, but I'll be in constant touch with the situation, and you call us anytime. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. President Johnson and Alabama Governor George Wallace on March 18, 1965. On March 21st, some 2,000 people set out from Selma. 
Martin Luther King was there, too. He spoke to CBS News about whether progress was being made in Alabama. Well, I think this is a demonstration of progress that is definitely being made. The fact that once our people were totally and terribly brutalized here, and today we can march by this very same spot without being stopped and without being harassed up to this point, uh, represents a level of progress that's uh, very significant. Have all the activities of the past weeks in Selma come to uh, fruition now? Is this the, the grand climax? I would say this and uh, its culmination in the march on the Capitol uh, on Thursday. Uh, this is certainly the high moment and the high point in the struggle in Alabama. Now, this does not mean that we will uh, hold up our work in the Black Belt. We will continue. But I would think that this whole experience, this march, which will culminate in Montgomery on Thursday, represents a real high point in our movement. After walking some 12 hours a day, they reached Montgomery on March 25th. That night, Viola Greg Liuzzo, a white married mother of five from Detroit, was driving another civil rights worker, an African-American teenager named Leroy Moton, back to Selma when another car pulled alongside hers. One of the passengers in the neighboring car shot at Liuzzo, striking her in the face and killing her. Mr. Moton was injured but survived. The following day, President Johnson announced the arrest of four members of the Ku Klux Klan, Eugene Thomas, Collie Leroy Wilkins Jr., William Eaton, and Gary Thomas Rowe, who was later revealed to be an FBI informant. The president discussed the situation in two calls with FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover on March 26th. One of our men in the car. Uh, fortunately, he, of course, had no gun and did no shooting. But uh, he has identified the two men who had guns and who fired guns. I think there were about 10 or 12 shots fired into the car in which this woman was. Six shooter or shotgun? I, I think they're revolvers. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, uh, they discussed that it was over, that if the woman died, that they were going to throw the guns into the blast furnace where they work in those steel mills down there. And uh, that's what we are uh, laying for now to uh, head off from, uh, these individuals when they come to work this morning and shake them down. If we are lucky enough to find a gun on them, uh, that'll be the big break in the case. But in any event, whether we find the gun or not, we know who they are, and then we'll bring them in and shake them down in interrogation. Thank you so much, Edgar. As usual, you're right on top of it, and this is 8.15 now, and you, you call me and make them get through to me. I checked last night about one, and uh, they gave me the full information, and uh, I just heard a little while ago about this fellow calling me. I didn't know anything about it, and I think I'll call him. Uh, you see no reason why I shouldn't. Do. I see no reason why you shouldn't. Uh, the radio said he was very angry because they wouldn't put him through to you last night. I don't see any reason why he should have been expected to be, to be put through. He could have called the Department of Justice or the FBI, anyone there. Uh, I don't know anybody, anybody's on duty in the department at night, but we're on, on duty 24 hours a day there. Yes, I talked there several times. Uh, Agent Swanson was yes. very helpful to yes. me. Well, there, we we always, always have uh, one or two men on duty all the time so that if anything does break, they can at uh, once uh, uh, alert me. And I was alerted during the morning to make certain I've talked with uh, uh, Sullivan, who is the inspector in charge down there, to immediately move in and take hold of this case. He's been on the on the march from Sumner to Montgomery. But this thing is now broken, and he is, is, uh, is over that by this time and has taken charge of it. 
we've got the informant in the office and we're talking to him because uh, uh, he's scared to death naturally because he fears for his life. But uh, what is a what is an infiltrator and an informant? You hire someone and they join the clan and keep. You only go to someone who's is who is in the clan and uh, uh, persuade him to work for the government. Uh, we pay him for it. I, uh, sometimes they demand a pretty high price, and other times they don't. Now, for instance, in those three bodies we found in Mississippi, we had to pay $30,000 for that. And who gave us the identity, uh, uh, gave us the uh, place where the bodies were, uh, were found. And then after we found the bodies, we uh, ascertained the identity of one man. And from him, we broke him down, and he gave us the identities of the other 19, two of whom confessed. Now, this man that we have now, this informant, uh, he's not a regular agent of the Bureau, but he's one of the people that we put in just like we do into the Communist Party and so forth, so they all uh, keep us informed. And uh, uh, fortunately, he happened to be in on this thing last night, otherwise we'd be looking for a needle in the haystack. That's wonderful, Victor. Thank you so much. All right, indeed, uh, President. Uh, Thank you. The two talked again later in the day. Hello? Edgar. Yes, it's President. They want me to talk to the husband of this woman that was killed. I've had the counsel over here talk to her, and they want me uh, to uh, the man in the White House switchboard last night indicated that I would talk to him and wake up. Yeah. And it's been all over the TV and everything. Yeah. And I, before I talk to him, I wanted to check and have you check, be sure that he's... Uh, you don't have anything to uh, that or any reason why I shouldn't, because in your file he's a teamster man. Yes, he's a teamster man. He's one of their so-called uh, uh, agents, and uh, uh, he has had a—I uh, wouldn't say a bad character, but he's uh, uh, well known out there as being one of the teamster strong arm men. And uh, this uh, woman, his wife, uh, we found on the, on her body a numerous. Uh, needle points indicating that she may, may have been taking dope. Uh, uh, we can't say that definitely because she's dead. But uh, uh, I, I would uh, be somewhat inclined, if, if it could be done, to have somebody like a White or somebody of that kind talk to him rather than you talk to him. All right. He's already, Clyde's already talked to him. He oh, expressed yeah. our sympathy yeah. and told him that we we're working on it. Yeah. And well, uh, I think uh, he, the thing is in pretty good shape because I'm uh, going to talk as soon as I finish talking to you. I'm going to talk to the men in Alabama and we're going to try to get warrants out uh, right away to arrest uh, the uh, the other three men who were in the car with our informant. Uh, they are at home today. They didn't go to work, so therefore they couldn't have disposed of their guns in the blast furnace. But our, our purpose is to uh, file the same kind of warrants that we filed in the Penn case in Georgia. Now, Dorr is down in Alabama, and I'm having, we'll have my uh, inspector to contact Dorr and then phone me back as to what they decide they can do or will do. And I'll let you know. Please do, because they're running me crazy over well, here. I'll, I'll, I'll get worried down there right away, and I'll uh, worry back, because what we want to do is get these fellows into custody. The car is in the yard of one of these four men, one of these four men, or one of the four is the informant. But the car is in the yard of one of the other three that they used last night, this red Impala. And uh, the uh, there were two men who in the car uh, whose names we have. I think one is named Wilkins and one is named Eaton, who both fired. Uh, they one was a 38 revolver and one was a 22 revolver. 
So that we've got it pretty well pinned down on that together, as I say, with this uh, statement of this informant. Incidentally, uh, they went to, earlier in the evening yesterday in Selma, went to some restaurant there to have dinner, and as they came out, uh, a man came up to uh, Wilkin or Eaton and said, now I've done my job, you do yours. Uh, it was one of the men that is charged with the killing of uh, uh, this minister in Boston. So uh, we have, a, a, have an added witness in the form of this informant who overheard that conversation last night. So this, this thing had been apparently uh, a, a clan conspiracy that had been well planned out uh, first to get, get rid of uh, Heap, and then uh, they going after this car. They accidentally ran onto this car by reason of the fact this colored man was, was snug enough uh, uh, pretty close to the white woman who was driving. But I think uh, uh, if within the next uh, hour, and I'm quite certain we are, I'll have definite word, uh, I'm going to talk to Alabama right away. If Daw agrees to the serving of the warrants, and the warrants are served, I'll have them served at once. We have the houses under surveillance. Uh, then we, I can notify you, and you can make the statement from the White House. Do that, Edgar, uh, or maybe you and the Attorney General come over and just walk in. If you get here before the astronauts, uh, they're going to be here at 11 or something. But if you get here, I just suggest you say to the Attorney General that I kept up with it during the night. I just suggest when you got some information, do it and then give me a chance to 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 show what the good work the FBI's done and how the Attorney General's done it. We're all together and we we are we work at this thing and you just uh, twenty four hours you've uh, you've produced results. I think it might make it a little dramatic I think it would get, be. get in your car and the two of you ride over and let the television cover you as you come in and uh, just, you don't have to have any appointment. Just call George Reed and say, I'm coming over to see the president. Yes. Period. Right. And then tell the attorney general so he doesn't. I'll get him word on that right away. You all just get in the car and come on over any moment. Yes. All right. Well, I, I'll speed this thing okay. up right away. Fine. From March 26, 1965, President Johnson and FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover talking about the KKK murder of civil rights worker Viola Gregg Liuzzo. Coming up on the next episode of Presidential Recordings. Conversations with Martin Luther King Jr. and Senate and House leadership as President Johnson works to turn his voting rights bill into law. The Lyndon B. Johnson Presidential Library and Foundation, along with the University of Virginia Miller Center, have more conversations from the Johnson presidency. You can find them at lbjtapes.org.